0: Chapter 10, the Gospel of Luke. You know, as Christians, as we think about this idea of the law of love, as Christians, we're not bound by the Mosaic law. Y'all, wonder, y'all know that, right? We're not bound by the Mosaic law. Instead, we are in Christ. And therefore, we are under a new law. The law of love. Now to illustrate what the law of love actually is, just think about this. In America, there's a law stating that a woman who has a child must take care of that child. So a man may come to that new mother's home and he, he may ask, are you taking care of your baby? The law says that you have to but the mother oftentimes will tenderly holding her baby say i don't need the law to take uh, to take care of my baby why because she loves the baby she feeds him she holds him she changes him because she loves him so she no longer needs the law because she's because she just loves the baby we no longer need The law of Moses, the Mosaic law, because we're in Christ and because we're in Christ, we should love. Amen. You know, we have a new law and that law is the law of love. This is exactly what our Lord requires of us that we love him and that we love one another. And in today's text, Jesus gives us an illustration to help us see if we truly want to please him, then we serve under the new law, the law of love. The law of Moses, there were a lot of conditions to God's blessings. And in the law of Moses, there were th- there's things you have to do. Under the new law, it's not that we have to, It's that we get to and we want to. If you look at here in, in the passage in chapter 10, in verses 25 through 29, the Bible says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So the lawyer answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he being Jesus said to him, you answer rightly, do this and you will live. But he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? This is God's holy word. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence in this place today. We thank you, God, for loving us in spite of who we are. And we pray, God, that you would move and minister amongst us. We pray that you would hide me behind the cross. And, God, that you would come and speak to your people. And as you speak, God, help us to to receive your word. And, God, apply it to our lives. And, God, as we do this, we'll give you praise. We'll give you glory and honor for all that's accomplished. And God, if there is one with us today who doesn't know you through your son, Jesus Christ, we pray that today they would call out to you and ask, what must I do to be saved? God, we know that if they will confess their sins, if they will believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will forgive them of their sin and you will cleanse them from all unrighteousness. And God, they shall be saved. So God, you move and minister and we'll praise you for everything that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. In today's text, a lawyer here attempts to set a trap for Jesus. Now this is the, his first and his biggest mistake, is he thinks he can trap Jesus. It tells us how little he thought of Jesus. It tells us that he hasn't made Jesus his Lord And Savior. It tells us that he thought of Jesus as just another man. He thought of Jesus maybe, maybe as a prophet, maybe as a a teacher, but he didn't think of him as God. For if he had thought of him as God, he wouldn't have attempted to try and trap. Jesus. There in verse 25, it shares with us that the lawyer, someone who is skilled in the art of twisting words to meet his or her desired outcome. Now, listen, when you want to raise your children and grandchildren to, to think that they, that they really want to be a lawyer, this is exactly what lawyers are. And this is exactly what lawyers do. They, they become skilled at manipulation of words. They become very skilled at, at using words in a way and phrasing words in a way to where their desired outcome is all that they care about. Oh, uh, you don't like that, do you? It's the truth. It's the truth. He, you know, this man, he... What's obvious... When he... he he asked this question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life, is that he was not seeking the truth. He wasn't looking to discover a way to God. Instead, this lawyer was looking to discredit Jesus. He was hoping that Jesus would give an answer that would turn the people against Jesus. However, Jesus being all wise Jesus having all knowledge Jesus, knowing exactly what was up, he turned the question back on this lawyer and he forced the lawyer to answer his own question. And so this lawyer, we find that he must have been very familiar with the law of God because he answered according to Deuteronomy 6 and 5, when he says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And he had spent time either listening or reading to the word of God, because he also knew that Leviticus 19 and 18 says that you shall love the Lord, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. He understood this, so therefore he had spent time in God's Word. And Jesus then tells the lawyer: if you'll just do what Scripture has said, then you would live. But the lawyer asks another question. He didn't ask this question for his own prophet. He asked this question again in an attempt just to hear how Jesus would respond. And he asked, who is my neighbor? Well, if we want to inherit eternal life, we must love the Lord. But we must also understand that it's not enough for us to just say that we love the Lord, love is not just a sentence that we speak. love is an active experience love is um, love must be put into action in some way shape or form so our love for him must be put into action we get caught up with religious activities thinking that if we're doing these particular things then we're going to be pleasing to God however while some of these activities may be good and but our motivation for any religious activity must be love for God and love for others as a matter of fact 1 Peter 4 and 8 it tells us above all things have fervent love for one another for love will cover a multitude of sin when we visit the sick we do this because we love them and we want them to know that they're not forgotten. When we teach in church, we do this because we love our church family and we want them to learn more about our Lord. When we lead worship, it's because we love people and we want to worship together. We serve on mission trips and do mission projects together locally because we love people and we want to meet the needs of others in their lives. John 13 and 35 said by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another this is the demonstration that that pleases our Lord this is how the world will know that we love the Lord our God without loving one another there's no way the world's going to know that we love the Lord Jesus provides an illustration for the lawyer to better explain how we're to love God by loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. But what we find first in this illustration is a poor demonstration of love for our god. There are four men in this story. And this is a very familiar story to all of to most of you anyway. And I you know, I may not share anything new, but just stay with me in this. First, what we need to notice is there's an irresponsible traveler. This irresponsible traveler makes the foolish decision to leave Jerusalem and go to Jericho. It appears this man is turning his back on the city of God and he's turning to an accursed City it appears we know that Jericho is a dangerous place, and it was about twenty one miles outside of Jerusalem. The road to jericho was was rough and it was very rocky and and, and on this road, it was known to have thieves who were in hiding and, and they were just waiting for the opportunity to pounce or to attack. Travelers, people didn't travel this road alone. Some would even say that if anyone was foolish enough to travel this road all by themselves, then they just get what they deserve. Um, uh, and, and, and if they get harmed, they don't deserve help anyway. That's the mindset of many. And it seems that this may have even been the attitude of the religious leaders. Um, the man fell upon thieves. We find that he was stripped of his clothes and he was wounded and he was actually left to die. But a priest came by. And when the priest saw the man, he walked on the other side of the road. He didn't even make a move to help the man. He didn't even walk over to pray with the man. Instead, he rushed off. Perhaps he, he rushed off uh, to his evening duties or his religious duties perhaps he remembered the religious rule that that made a person unclean if they touched a dead body. Whatever the reason, the priest did not offer any help whatsoever to this man who was left on the side of the road to die. He put his religious work, his religious activity before helping someone in need. Oh, what a poor demonstration of of loving our God. Listen, but there was a Levite who also came by. It wasn't just a priest, but a Levite walked by later. He walked over to get a good look at this wounded man. And after seeing the man, he walked over to the other side of the road. At least he was willing to go and see that the man was hurt. But that's all he'd done. And then he walked over to the other side of the road. <laughs> this Levite failed to help the wounded man. Perhaps for being... Afraid of being identified with robbers, or he may have feared that the robbers might still be lurking around and and they would pounce on him if he if he was uh, if he helped this man any at all honestly we can 't help but think that these religious men may have been a bit shady i don 't know about you, but when I read this, I think that there 's something awfully wrong if you watch the the story of of Martin Luther, you will find that Martin Luther f- goes to Rome, and as he goes to Rome as a monk, There he sees things that just isn't right. He sees sinful activity by other monks going on in the city of Rome. And because of this, it begins to shake his faith in the Roman Catholic Church. And I believe if we would really look at this passage, we have to think about some things. Why are these men in Jericho anyway? The Bible tells us they were going down the same road that this traveler had went. So we may wonder what were these religious leaders doing in jericho anyway well that's that's a message for a different sunday i want us to understand this before we can stick our spiritual noses up at the priest and the levite we have to say or or before we can say that we can't believe that they did not offer any help to their own countrymen we need to do a real assessment of our own lives, and I'm, I'm talking about me as well. Uh, since we've been saved, now since we've been saved, unsaved, you're out of this right now. Don't you don't have? You, I want you to listen to this, but this doesn't apply to you in the moment. Um, but but we'll get to you later. Um, we need to really do an assessment about ourselves since we've been saved. I've said it before that I expect sinners to act like sinners. But I expect Christians to act like Christians. We Have, never, have we ever looked in, at someone in real trouble, but because of their lifestyle we've cho- uh, that they've chosen, we sort of felt like they got what they deserved? Or we turn a blind eye to them, to them. maybe they're dabbling with drugs. And they knew better because they were raised in the church. So, so why in the world are we going out of our way to help them? Have you ever thought about that? Maybe they decided to live in rebellion to God by living in a same-sex relationship. Maybe they were openly having an adulterous affair or even being promiscuous. Maybe they've been caught breaking into people's home. Or maybe they've lost everything that they have because they, because they went to jail for crimes that they committed committed or even they've lost everything that they had because of gambling. When we see them do we see someone that God loves? Do we see that they're in trouble? Do we see someone that needs help or do we see someone who's made their bed hard so now they just need to have to lie in it? If this is the attitude that Christians display when we say when we see someone who's lost or sin sick it's no wonder. It's no wonder that they want nothing to do with the church. We must make sure our demonstration of love for our Lord is not a poor demonstration of love. But in this narrative we don't just see a poor demonstration of love. We actually see a proper demonstration of love for our Lord. You know Jesus shares that the next person to come by, this wounded man, was a certain Samaritan. Oh, that's going to be an interesting message because I'm curious to really do a research on why he says certain. (laughs) That, That word just stuck out to me. It was a certain Samaritan. Maybe it's a certain Samaritan because he's one of the few that had trusted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. It's possible, I don't know, but, but I'm going to assume that. But I'd like to do some research to see if the, if the scripture t- gives us any indication if that's the case. However, this certain Samaritan, he placed compassion above in everything. It didn't matter to the Samaritan that the Jews were of different races. It didn't matter that their two races hated each other. Still, the Samaritan had a sense of humanity he was a man who saw another man in need so this Samaritan went where the Jewish leaders would not go he gave up his work time and energy to help this Jewish man he reached out to him personally he bound up he bound up his wounds and treated them with oil and wine he set the man on his own animal and he provided room and left money so the man would be taken care of and he was able to recover from his injuries the Samaritan saw a need and he acted on this need this Samaritan showed more love for the Lord than the priest or the Levite did do y'all remember the movie Blindside many of you have watched it I've watched it so many times I can quote some of the lines and I just love the movie I think Sandra Bullock does a great job in that movie Tim McGraw done okay he's a singer who acts he's not an actor who sings he's a singer who acts but he he he, he, done, he he done a decent job but but if you go through that movie you think about it there's a scene where big mike wants driver's license <laughs> so sandra bullock or leanne tui she she, you know, she, she has an odd way of doing things and she says, why? Why do you want license? Well, why would any 16-year-old or 18-year-old tell you they want license? They want to drive. Well, she goes to doing some research. And when she does this research, she finds that uh, at, from the DMV that she needs to go to social services. She goes to social services and finds that he's a ward of the state and that she could just go through the proper paperwork and that she could adopt him. And she asked the question, you would let me adopt him without even contacting his mother? In that moment, she was thinking about Big Mike's mother, a drug addict, who had children strode everywhere and she didn't even know all their names or the fathers of the children. But she was concerned about her. She finds... The project area in which this woman is located. And as she goes and she tells her that who she is and that she they've been taking care of, of Big Mike. And of course, well, you, you know, the state's paying you to do this, right? She said, no, no, we we're just wanting to help him. And when the woman finds out they're getting nothing for this, her statement is: you must be a fine Christian lady. And her response was, I try to be. You remember that? It's because this stranger was showing love to this woman's son, whom this woman couldn't take care of, that she automatically thought she was a fine Christian woman. As a matter of fact, when she does tell Leanne Tui where she can get the information to get his birth certificate. She begins to weep. And Leanne gets up and goes and sits beside her and holds her hand. This weeping, drug addicted, mother who couldn't take care of her children, who didn't know where any of them were at. She showed compassion on her. I wonder what the Christians in Robinson County would have done. The ones that think so highly of themselves. And have forgotten somehow, shape or form. That they too were on their way to a demon's hell. Before Jesus found them right where they at. Right where they were at. He found them there because he went looking for them. They never went looking for him. He pursued after them. Leanne pursued to find this woman. So she could show compassion upon that woman. Can I be honest? If we're involved in ministry, if we're involved in missions, if we're involved in ministry, we are involved in missions. And our reason for ministry or missions must be love. Love for God and love for others if it's not then we need to be we ne- we don't need to have anything to do with ministry we don't need to have anything to do with missions if we have this love we know that it's going to cost us but we need to do it anyway <laughs> you know it costs time it costs energy and it costs money for everyone who went on that trip. It also cost the church. It cost the church money as well. You know we're going to have to give. Of ourselves or even our money. If we're going to be involved in ministry. And as a church if we're going to be involved in ministry. Maybe we have to budget more than what we had planned. Maybe from time to time we have to think about. What kind of what we're setting, what kind of example we're setting for our church family. What do you mean by that, preacher? Well, I mean this is if we want our church members or we expect our church members and our attenders to, to trust God and to bl- and to give uh, uh, generously and to, to be obedient in giving, then shouldn't we set the example? Shouldn't we as a church be generous when it comes to mission also? Perhaps the church, perhaps we should be the example by maybe even going as far as, as as tithing or tithing actually the receipts from the previous year for the next year to missions. Now, I'm not talking about giving a tithe to our mission team, but that would be great, I'm pretty sure. We'd probably rarely be here, but or some of them anyway. I couldn't go off that much. but But we give the missions... In a grand way, we give the missions globally, we give the missions nationally, we give the missions locally. Just think what we could do if we were willing to just open our hands and our hearts and trust God (laughs) and trust God, just as we ask each other to trust God when it comes to tithing. Uh, You know, if we have this love, we will not only, it will not only cost us, but we will face criticism. But we'll do it anyway. We know people are people wherever you go. And it doesn't matter where you go. You're going to find the same people wherever you end up. We know that's just how it is in this world. And if we love... if. Our love for God is demonstrated by loving people unconditionally. Then we, we have to understand we will be criticized. People will try to mock us or, or at least mock the love that we're sharing. They will tell you that it's a waste of time. They, they may even try to hurt your feelings, but, but I've shared this in the past. When your feelings have been hurt, it's okay if you get over them because you'll have more feelings the very next morning. John 16 and 33 says these things I've spoken to you that in me that you would have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So don't let critical people stop you from helping others. Usually people are critical simply because they're jealous. They're jealous. Maybe because they don't have the same gift. Or maybe... Because they didn't think to do it themselves. Possibly if they didn't think to do it themselves, God just hasn't laid it upon their heart and they should just praise God for what he, for you being obedient for what God's laid upon your heart. Or maybe they're just disobedient. Whatever the reason, we shouldn't let the outside world stop us from being a blessing to others, a blessing to God and God showering us with his blessing. If we're going to love God and love others, if we're going to practice the law of love, we must show compassion for those who are hurting. How do we we show compassion to them? By reaching out to them. We do what is in our power to meet their need. And what's not in our power, then we seek God on their behalf. And we go to the Lord in prayer and we seek him to meet their need. Folks, This is ministry. Any area of ministry is missions. Whether you're a steward... Whether you're a Sunday school teacher, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a musician and a singer, whether you, you stand at the door and you greet people as they're coming in, whether you, you work in the, in, the, in the kitchen area to provide fellowship meals, whether you clean the church or you cut the grass, whatever we do, we, if we're ministering, we are doing missions. And it should be done out of love. 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 If it's not done out of love, then don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But if you love God and you love people, I would challenge you, don't let people stand in your way. Yeah, it may cost you. You may be criticized. But I promise you the compassion that you share will come back in fourfold. It'll come back more what you could ever imagine you know we you know what I've learned about this you know there are people out there in the world living in li- living lifestyles that we just don't agree with I mean you, you can just name a plethora I just named a handful but there are, there's just so many of them but we're not win not the first one by rejecting them if we want to win any of them then we've got to Show compassion upon them. We don't have to agree with their sin. But we can be compassionate when they're in need. For if we find ourselves with no compassion in our hearts. Then we just might find ourselves headed to a city like Jericho. A place where we find ourselves just left for dead. But you know what I'm glad of today? Today. I'm glad that the greatest missionary who ever lived gave of himself. He faced criticism like no one has ever faced in this world. And he showed compassion towards me when I was desperate and on my way to a demon's hell. Our Lord Jesus Christ, it cost him because he left the splendor of heaven. He came to this sin-cursed world. He lived a sinless life and he was rejected. He was beaten. He was crucified. While he was here, he said the birds of the air have nests. faults have holes. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And there weren't a soul in the world ever richer than him. Not even Solomon himself. But he left it all. It cost him. To come to us. He died on a cross for the sin of the world, for my sin and for yours. But on the third day, he rose in victory. And if you will believe, unsaved, listen, if you will believe and confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you'll believe in him, you don't have to believe in me, you don't have to believe in Reedy Branch. But if you believe in him and confess him as your Lord and Savior, he'll give you victory over death, hell, and the grave. And he'll give you everything you need to live. The law of love. So the question is, will you today? Is every head bowed, every eye's closed. You know, if you're here today, you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you. From this day forward to be intentional about living the law of love. But if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you. This is a love like no other. It's a love that if you will experience it, you'll want to share it. You'll want others, you'll want your family to receive this same love. So, my question is as they sing this song of invitation, is today the day that you say, I'm ready to receive this love? I'm ready to experience the law of love so I can love others because God first loved me. Would you come?